1: Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen,
0: gentlemen,
1: you are now now listening listening, to the Fantasy Fantasy Baseball Hour. Hour.
0: In a world where an 18-year-old boy is drafted in the third round by the Arizona Diamondbacks, anything is possible. This boy will grow into a warrior. His face will bear hair. And his muscles shall be strong when he will need them, because the road ahead will not be easy. There will be setbacks. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times, injuries, and more. But our boy is not taught to fail. This warrior goes and learns the power of the weapon in his hand, the in his head. He strengthens his body and his mind. Waiting to unleash, while many of his players are already in battle. Robbie Rowland, the pitcher, versus Rowdy Tellez, the batter. They all know his name, and they look over their shoulder, waiting. The New Age Warrior, armed with a mind and an arm to take over the game. He is coming, and when he arrives, the world will know. He now joins Matt Stryker and Mike Lodokup on the Fantasy Baseball Hour.
2: Six foot four, drafted in the third round by the Arizona Diamondbacks, the right-handed hurler. You can find him at Robbie Rowe underscore twelve on Twitter, Robbie Row12 on Instagram. He's the host of the Robbie Rowe show. I'll give you one guess who it is: the one and only Robbie Rowland. Robbie, what's going on, man? Dude, that was one of the best
3: introductions. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and coin it the best introduction I've ever heard. Thank you so much. I, all, all of a sudden, I have all this energy. Like, what do I, what am I supposed to do? Like, let's,
2: let's rock, man. Shoot. Let's go. There you go. Iron sharpens iron. And, and Roberto, because we like to be multicultural and diverse here, uh, for those that aren't familiar, can you talk a little bit about what the Robbie Rose Show is? Because it's taking Instagram by storm.
3: Oh, my goodness. Oh, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, basically, it started with the foundation of, uh, of the, the accumulating nine years professionally pops played in the big leagues. And I just had all of this information. And this isn't to sound like conceited or anything, but just all this knowledge that I felt a sense of responsibility to kind of give back and I think you guys will hear within this episode that I do enjoy thoroughly um, talking. So I was like, hey, why not kind of bring that to a podcast? Why not just take social media by storm? Obviously, with the the explosion of social media these days, it's like it just was the perfect uh, perfect gateway to do that and uh, kind of just been evolving ever since. But uh, that's the brief synopsis of kind of the foundation and how it started and why it started and why it's going to keep on keeping on.
2: Mike, Mike, you got to jump in here. Otherwise, Robbie and I are just going to talk for the entire <laughs> I was going to no. say, there's uh, three people, it's going to be tough.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, this is going to turn into the Robbie Rose Show. Uh, <laughs> before we continue, I just want to, real quick, if you're out there listening, at Fantasy BB Hour on Twitter, uh, make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Fantasy Baseball Hour at Fantasy Radio, FNTSY Radio, Fantasy Sports Network. We're really gonna depend on you guys, the listeners, for uh, good feedback and what you want to hear. We had Chris Paddock on two episodes ago, and that was one of the, a great experience for me and Matt. And now we're gonna bring Robbie in. We're trying to do it. Uh, hopefully, every Friday we'll do a riding with Robbie segment. Uh, being out our schedules could uh, could align. And I think the content we're going to provide is great. So just tell us how, give us some feedback when you subscribe, like it, whatever you got to do on Twitter or on uh, iTunes, Spotify, you could hear it everywhere. So just make sure you do that when you uh, give the show a listen.
2: All right, what we're going to do here is we're going to break down the good, the bad, the ugly, which will usually be Mike, and then the weekend ahead. So Robbie. Our listeners are going to rely on your insight and analysis. You're going to break down guys that had a good week this past week. If you think our listeners should, if they can grab them in a league, if they can try to pick them up, maybe stream them, then we're going to break down the bad. People that maybe you want to drop, people maybe you want to fade, the ugly we talked about, and then we'll look into the week ahead. So, Robbie, take it away. What was good about this past week in pitching in Major League Baseball?
3: Yeah, so this is interesting, right? So it's a fantasy baseball podcast, so obviously there's like points involved and everything, but the first guy that we're going to talk about, Mike Fires, who who probably isn't owned in, in a whole lot of leagues, I do – we have to throw some love towards Fires because of the no-no. Obviously, I think it's national news and everyone knows about it. But, uh, but just to kind of just dive in just a little bit um, into some of the cooler statistics that I found was that he was the 300th, person, not person, but 300th no-hitter in, in Major League Baseball history since the stat was actually deemed in 1913. And he was only the 35th pitcher um, ever to have multiple no-hitters. And it's funny, dude, because you look at a guy like Fires and you go, okay, that's all right. Like his stuff is, is decent. His stats are kind of always just mediocre, more of like a back-end guy, right? And and he's got multiple no-hitters, right? And I can go on and on about who has no hitters and who doesn't, but it's just kind of cool. And uh, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on him, but for those of you who are listening that, that want to really like dive into the, the, the analysis of how that actually happened and how he's been able to throw two no hitters, which is, you know, one of the biggest feats of uh, of a starting pitcher, obviously go to uh, go, go check out my website. I hate to plug, plug my website <laughs> on here, but uh, the, it didn't uh, take you long, buddy. No, I, I know, but it's such a cool breakdown. It only took me seven hours too. And a lot of caffeine, <laughs> but uh, the Robbie row forward slash fires. No, no is a full breakdown. And I kind of dive into like, um, you know, I know again, it's fantasy baseball, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of deception when you're talking about Mike fires, I go over his deception mechanically and I go over to his deception of his pitch profile and I totally geek out. So I'd, I'd encourage you guys to check that out if you are a fellow baseball geek like myself, but, um, Another, another guy that I, I got to highlight is Chris Sale, right? So he started the year off. I like to look at his start of the year kind of like his first three or four starts, uh, more of like a spring training setting, right? I think everyone kind of knows that, and everyone maybe picked him up really early in fantasy, and, and then he started not doing well. So then there was this big panic. But over, uh, over the course, I think it was his last three or four starts, he got like 44 strikeouts. So in his start, it went eight innings, one earned, three hits, uh, no walks, 14 Ks, and he had an immaculate inning. He added a freaking immaculate name. For those guys who do not know what that is, thats nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. Um, that's right up there with throwing a no-hitter, in my opinion, honestly. Um, so the biggest stats diving into that Chris Dale outing for me, especially with a guy like him and, and what he struggled with so far this year, was uh, was fastball velocity. So in his last start, his fastball velo average was 93.1, which generated a 33% whiff percentage on the forcing fastball. So that was obviously his best stat um, with that particular stat this whole year. And uh, and it's interesting to me, like really diving in, because you look at uh, you look at a guy like Sale and what makes him successful, and uh, obviously the deception plays a big part of it, but his fastball slider combination is, uh, is pretty much second to none. So then you look at his batting average against versus that fastball this year, and you're seeing it at a 279 clip, which is actually after his most recent outing. So I don't know the actual stat. Uh, for that one before the outing but like I said 279 so hitters were hitting 279 off his fastball and uh, which for me looking at his his statistics you see that he uh, this year he's throwing a slider for the first time in his career more than he was actually throwing his fastball so he's throwing a slider 42.2 percent of the time and his fastball at 32 percent of the time so you look at like the why and the how behind that. Well, basically, he had to do whatever it takes to get out, to get guys out. And that was using his slider more because that was his best pitch. But then for me, being a pitcher and kind of knowing the game within the game stuff, you look at that and you say, well, if he's throwing a slider more, hitters will get more familiar with it, therefore probably have more success eventually down the road. So you don't necessarily want – to uh, to throw it as much as he is, but I think now that he's got his velo back up on his fastball, um, you're you're gonna you're gonna look to see the old Chris Sale. And then I want to throw a little quick shout out to my boy Brad Peacock. Uh, won't spend too much time, but seven innings, twelve Ks, uh, a really good. I got to watch like five innings of the outing, and the biggest thing that stuck out for me from the, actually the first pitch was that homeboy's got a new delivery, and uh, he's got a before he was kind of just a stretch guy kick the leg and go. Now he's added a little bit more rhythm. He's going over the head. And, um, and for me, again, being a pitcher, I know, uh, how exciting those times are when you find something within your delivery that clicks, and it just feels like natural, and the rhythm is nice, and and you could just see from the outing. Obviously, it was against the Royals. Um, don't really need to much say much more there, but um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just a little quick shade there. And then as far as the bad, um, I can, don't can want to
1: stick with the good for a second because I got a ton to say before we get to the bad, and I'm I'm like so hyped to say it after you just went you through that whole me stuff. the one, and I was like, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get,
0: know, get, know, get,
2: in, there, get in there,
1: Mike. What do you got? <laughs> All right, so the way backtrack to Mike Fires and the no hitter. I fell asleep that night. I know Matt. Me and Matt talked about it. He ended up staying up watching it. You broke. Because
0: I'm
2: a real baseball fan, and I
1: Heyo. don't need to sleep. You broke the game down, so you obviously went pitch by pitch throughout the whole thing. The three plays. The the pre fly out to center field had an ex batting average of eight sixty. The vado robbery, obviously by the bad guy, razor razor. Uh, Le- razor. Laser Ramon. There you go. Laser Ramon. Sorry about that, Matt. <laughs> Laser Ramon, that had an XBA of 620 and the Kyle Farmer robbery by Profar. So those were the three plays that really made the no-hitter the no-hitter. What I wanted to discuss with you, Mike Fires, as a pitcher. The peripherals haven't, haven't changed. He's still the same guy whose swing and strike percentage is over 3% under league average. He's still the same guy throwing 91 four-seamers, 86-mile-per-hour cutters, this has to be some sort of deviation from the norm, right? There's no reason to believe he's onto something here at 33 years old. Yeah. So it's not, it's not so much about like
3: what he's onto. It's funny. I wrote that in in the blog post as well. And then to just um, piggyback off your thing, it, it was funny, dude, because like I have it right here in my notes, those three, those three plays. Yeah. And it was funny, dude, because like the one besides obviously the Votto home run was the Iglesias one that Profar
1: had to die for. Oh, it's and- Iglesias. I thought it was Farmer. I'm sorry.
3: Uh, no, you're right. It was Farmer. Sorry. Iglesias oh, okay. was the ground ball, the three forty 4 yeah, NCAA, okay. yeah, yeah. So there was a Farmer one, and it was funny because that one was like – what like you know centimeters away from being a hit and uh-huh. and then Statcast has it as like a a uh, expected expected. Yeah, it's so that. funny though. I mean, gosh, I can geek out. But no, that's and that's and that's something that uh, it was funny or shoot, man, it was fun to like writing about it because like I said earlier, dude, Fires is a guy that relies on multiple levels of deception. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is he's mechanically deceiving you as a hitter. And he's deceiving you with his pitch profile. So um, without like having the, the actual data in front of me, it was, uh, he's, I know with his curveball specifically, it was, he's only trailing Trevor Bauer in vertical movement for his curveball. And it's okay. only coming in at 72, right? So you're thinking that the hitter maybe has a little bit extra time to kind of adjust within that period. But then when I talk about pitch profile deception, you're looking at uh, the, the ball of his fastball so you're seeing that his vertical I wanna say he's like top four or five within Let me just
1: say that you're doing this with an actual baseball in your hands for the people
3: like I know. This. <laughs> is this a visual <laughs> podcast? Like what we got on YouTube, guys? Uh, so you gotta think about like he 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 actually spins it pretty high. I know spin rates maybe like a mainstream thing nowadays, but mm-hmm. I think he spins it around like twenty three fifty. But uh, what, what gets me is the spin axis. And I know I can sit here and nerd out all, all day about this stuff, man. And, and I won't, I'll try to keep it brief. But basically, the axis of the ball, so if you think like the ball spinning 12-6 or 6-12, it's going at 180 degrees, right? Mm-hmm. And his uh, and his fastball, I, I want to say it was, uh, it's like, Right around maybe 190, 200 degrees. So you think about like mm. how his fastball is actually staying true along that plane, whereas hitters think about what a hitter's trying to do. Right, he's gaining familiarity within all the other pitchers in the league who maybe their fastball doesn't do some of the things that fires does. So um, my biggest point in that blog post that I did was like some days, like you saw in that day in 2014 in Houston, was like he's just he's just throwing those hitters for a loop, man. It's really deceiving. I actually. Uh, did a little segment on the at-bat versus Senzel. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, game. Nick Senzel. Yeah, so it was like you could just tell his first two at-bats, um, one of them was a strikeout, but you could just mm. tell how uncomfortable he was. And that's that kind of alludes to the deception that fires creates. So I kind of dug a little bit more deeper into that and was like, okay, well, let's look at his, his fastball averages throughout multiple times in the order. And first time through the order, guys are hitting 172, second time 211 third time and and beyond is 429 so again it goes back to like he's a guy that is relying obviously when you look at his stuff it's like okay 90 that's below average all these Mm -hmm. things are below average but the deception the pitch profile all these things kind of you got to take into consideration because like we saw any given night with a rain delay with other things happening man where the hitters maybe get kind of out of focus you got a no hitter,
1: <laughs> and I would love to uh, dive into his pitch tunneling statistics, and I would love to even speak to him about it to see what his thoughts are yeah, going totally. for, But that's a whole another uh, wormhole. What do you got, Matt?
2: <laughs> well, here's my question: With all of this that we're talking about now, uh, Robbie, if if a fantasy listener out there is thinking about picking up Mike Fires for rest of season, if someone's thinking of streaming Mike Fires, is this enough for you to say that it's worth a roster spot? To go out and grab Mike Fires, I think his next start is maybe Monday against the Mariners on Sunday on like against the one, Indians against one China. of those teams. There you go on Mother's Day, and I think he's oh, got he does emotional, yeah. uh, connections to Mother's Day. I know he lost his mom, but is Fires a guy that you pick up? Two questions: one, pick him up for the start against Cleveland off of the no hitter. Two, do you hold on to him and and give him two or three starts if he if you roster him?
3: Uh, so to answer the first one, I'm going to say no, because Bauer's my pick on, on Sunday <laughs> or no, was it Saturday or Sunday? I don't know which one, Sunday, uh, Sunday. but, uh, he, he's my, he's my pick because Bauer's a guy that's, uh, you know, he's, he's itching to get back there. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that later, but, uh, you know, it's tough, man. Obviously with baseball, there's a ton of variables, right. That you got to consider. But, um, like I said before, man, with the deception that he has, you, you, you have to look at the opposing lineup. And I, I know that's going really like really deep into it and geeking out. But if you look at the opposing lineup and you look at how many plate appearances that guys have off of them and it's low, Uh, I'm not like a fantasy baseball expert or anything, but you know, I would kind of consider depending on who else is available at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, man, because everyone kind of, after I wrote that big piece, they were like, so do I pick them up? Like, do I do this? <laughs> that's, that's all
2: anyone cares
3: <laughs> about. They don't I care was, about spin rate like- <laughs> and angle. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because, like, talking about fires, man, he set a record. Um, he set a record for the highest ERA. At the time of a no hitter. And oh, really? What? Yeah. So it was six eight one at the time of a no hitter. Set the record for the highest ERA. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty funny. But it was. Uh, it's interesting too, man. Like I said, there's so many variables that go into it because he's a guy that you look at his spray chart as far as like his pitches, and they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now that could play. Uh, that could be a strength for him. We call it effectively wild or it can be a downfall depending on the team, right, depending on who's seeing them and, and, and uh, the familiarity there as far as the hitting side too. So, uh, like I said, I don't want to be the guy that says yes or no, but <laughs> I'll, I'll provide information and statistics to back it up, and then you can make the uh, executive decision on that.
1: It's just right. crazy that he has only two complete games and both of them come in no-hitters. So 131 and
3: 134 a- pitches.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> – the other guy chris sale that you mentioned and you spoke a little bit about his slider usage increasing it's a pretty significant amount 42% this year to 34% last year obviously it has to do with his fastball not being as effective the velo taking a little bit of time to come back whatever it is you say i think you mentioned the max velo in his last hour was 96.4 obviously a great sign but that's not the only pitch that's taken a step back for Sale. And a lot of people don't talk about this. The batting average against on his changeup is 286, and he only threw 11 of them in the start against the Orioles where he had so much success. This has been a huge key to Sale's repertoire over the course of his entire career. So I'm a little concerned about the changeup not really being as effective as it used to be, let alone the fastball velo. That's one thing, but the changeup not being effective kind of worries me.
3: Right. It goes back to the pitch profile, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to look, you got to look at like the big picture and uh, especially when you're a guy like sale, who is going to, obviously be expected to go deep into ball games and save a bullpen because um, he's your ace. But uh, you got to look at like when guys see you multiple, multiple times, man, there's that familiar, I can't even say that word tonight, familiarity uh, within the hitters. So for him, he obviously has that seam that rides with a little bit of lefty tail. And he's got that, that slider. Obviously we all know about that slider, but for him, like you said, man, that changeup is going to be an equalizer. But the thing that I will say about that changeup for him, dude, is, uh, Change-up is a field pitch, right? And it goes back to my original comment about, like, he he kind of took his first, like, four or five outings as almost like a spring training-type, you know, setting. And, uh, and for me, like, going back to the change-up being a field pitch is, like, the more you throw it, and the more times that you see success with it, the better it's going to be. So I think for him, man, just getting his feet wet and, and just getting out there and, and hammering those reps, dude, it's, it's going to be fine. But uh, that's that's a good topic because no one really talks about that. No,
1: I haven't you know? heard anybody. Everyone's talking about his fastball, fastball, fastball. And his fastball does still have a negative pitch value. I think it's at a negative 5.0. Yeah. But yeah. his changeup is something that I see. And I say, you've been effective with this your whole career. Well, what changed now? The yeah. velo is the same. Everything's, everything else seems the same. It's just, I don't know. Maybe well, that's going
3: to gonna make his stuff play even better, right? Because yeah, now hitters, hitters, instead of respecting like a, a slider that's being thrown 42% of the time in a fastball at 34 or whatever it was, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's just the respect factor of like, okay, you're hitting second, third time through the lineup. It's like slider, fastball. I've seen those multiple He's times 46, already.
1: 46 sliders the other day against the Royals.
3: Yeah, so 46. it's the equalizer, man. It's the it's the equalizer, and it'll be interesting to see, like moving forward too, how he utilizes it in his repertoire to to better his, um, you know, uh, better our numbers.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, so we have determined that Mike Fires outing is not something that our listeners should go run and pick up. Mike Fires, Chris Sale, we say has his velocity back, and for those that were thinking of dropping Chris Sale because of his slow start, sit tight because Sale is back. Uh, You mentioned the bad is Trevor Bauer. I don't think anyone's thinking of dropping Trevor Bauer. You mentioned that you expect a huge bounce back from Bauer. And in our next segment, I want to get into the pitchers that you like for this upcoming weekend. Because for me, I don't think anyone should go through a weekend and not be prepared for a full DFS slate. And we, when we come back from this commercial break, we will stick around with Robbie Rowe and Mike the Rotocop, and we will give you a full weekend breakdown of the DFS slate, including for free Robbie's pitcher prospectus for the guys that are going to win you money coming up after the break.
3: Hey guys, are you at the bottom of your league ashamed of your small DFS account? your top picks what will we'll make the girls go, nah, bro.
2: Then listen to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Matt Stryker and Mike the Rotocop and turn your war into a roar. All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Matt Stryker, joined by Mike the Rotocop and the one, the only, the man behind the Robbie Ro Show, all six foot four of him, including the beard, Robbie Oof. Roland, the man. Robbie, thanks so much for joining us. In our last segment, you broke down the good. Pitchers that pitched well last week. And we also broke down if they're worth a pickup in fantasy. You broke down the bad. Now let's talk about the upcoming week. Which pitchers do you like for the upcoming weekend slate and why?
3: Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I have some picks. I, I don't have too many, but I, I do. Um, so on, on Saturday, we're going to go ahead and go with uh, DeGrom versus the Marlins. And, uh, and my thing with Degrom, man is like, it's Jacob the Grom. Obviously it's no secret about his success that he's having, but you look at the, the team that he's facing and I don't, I don't think I have the exact date on here of when he faced the Marlins last, but it was this season. And, uh, and he went, Seven innings, 14 Ks, three hits on the same team. Um, and he's actually coming off a pretty decent start in San Diego where he actually got out by your boy Chris Paddock over there. Mm-hmm. But uh, with a guy like the Grom, man, like I said, I think the stuff is there. Um, again, I, I don't know, speaking too much about like fantasy terms, but as far as like his price, could be worth it against a team like Miami because you might see another outing where he goes. Seven, eight, nine innings with double-digit Ks pretty easily. Like I said, uh, I do have that date actually, uh, April Third, we all know that he started the season exceptionally well, right off yeah. his uh, right off his Cy Young win. Had a, had a couple of rough starts in there, but now he's he's looking to bounce back, obviously. And then my other pick for Saturday, but apparently it's Sunday now. The the Bower the Bower outing. So it is confirmed that it's Sunday against Cleveland or uh, yeah, against Oakland. And
1: last I looked, it was Sunday against Oakland. It's uh, probably the best pitching matchup on Sunday. Mike Fires. There against you go. There's a, there's a lot of
3: things there that we could talk
1: about. <laughs> I uh, like I said, I have Bower at Oakland. Um,
3: I guess two reasons. One, I had already mentioned about the type of individual that Bauer is. He's a competitor. He's a go-getter. That kind of alludes to um, dissecting the bad of why his bad start happened previously was because, um to really dive into it his left on base percentage um previously in this season was 77.7 percent in the game against chicago it was actually down to 43.5 so obviously pretty drastic uh decrease there in left on base percentage so that's something that you should look forward to um seeing how he bounced back from that but like i said he's a guy that's uh just goes and gets it and uh next thing for me with, with the Bauer is he's actually pitching on the road at a 288 ERA, 3-1 and one on the road. He's actually doing worse at home. His home ERA is 4.42. And I know it's early in the season, so it's tough with all these numbers and stuff. But uh, you can spend multiple hours on the why of Trevor Bauer and everything. But uh, my other pick, actually, maybe a dark horse. I saw actually an argument on Twitter about this thing. About, what? Uh, an uh,
2: argument on social uh, <laughs> I don't believe? That never happened.
3: Over fantasy baseball. Who thought no <laughs> but uh no it was uh should i pick up martin perez or not sure yes martin, martin yes, perez, you martin perez.
1: yes you should and
3: dude he's coming off i think it's 15 plus inning scoreless his last two were scoreless seven
1: new and pitch. eight respected and he's got the best cutter in the league Yeah, new pitch so he really i don't know how he did it but he he, uh revolutionized he revitalized excuse me revitalized his career here by adding that new pick
3: yeah and uh and correct me if I'm wrong but I don't know if it's drastically up but his velo is actually impressive too. That's another looking, thing. yeah his looking cool. at
1: a, yeah looking
3: at a guy like him that I know wasn't really wasn't really thought of as as a guy, but um, <laughs> he wasn't yeah.
2: thought of as a guy.
3: As a as a yeah, we call in the, the sports world. Are You a guy or are you not? <laughs> you know, there's there's two types of people in this world. Guys. Velo's
1: up to ninety five point four this year as average Velo. Yeah, so it was ninety three point two last season.
3: So I mean, and a lefty dude, and then uh, and on top of that, you're facing the Tigers. I don't want to throw any shade per uh, per team, but uh you got to look into that as far as when you're making your picks, obviously. Um, and then in as far as like the, the baseball terminology and being a baseball guy, man, we have this phrase where it's just, you, you stick with the hot hand, right? So you hear yeah. that probably around playoff time when when skippers will go to the, maybe their fourth or fifth starter in game one because he's coming off a three-game winning streak or whatever it is. So you, you just you stick with the hot hand. And I think in this particular case, when guys, on the, especially starters, or starters, when they – when when they have something click man and for Perez maybe it's the fastball velo maybe it's something uh, mechanical adjustment that new cutter gives them you know a bunch of confidence whatever it is he's going out there man and and that's when you kind of got to look at his past numbers and go okay we can't really put too much emphasis on these we got to look at his past few stuff because look he's got like this new repertoire obviously his pitch profile is a little bit different um, so for me, man, a guy like Perez, I would say go freaking get him. Um, maybe he's a little bit more expensive now after his last two starts, but, uh, for me facing the tigers, uh, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch.
2: All right. Uh, you mentioned Trevor Bauer and social media and I retweeted this and I'll, I'll send it out again. Another reason to like Bauer is he, he kind of like did this public service announcement it was impromptu in the locker room about some of the comments that he gets On his social media and he ended up posting some of the things that people said and he had mentioned you know while he's a big boy and he can handle it there's a 14 year old kid out there a 13 year old kid out there that's getting bullied in school and being told all these things and i think it's great that a guy like trevor bauer waves the flag because a lot of times people talk about well the nation's going soft and we are too politically correct but at the same time when someone like trevor bauer comes out and is able to empathize and try to help kids It's all the more reason to root for this guy on top of the fact that you mentioned his personality is just this kind of like, I'm coming at you, here it is, hit it if you can kind of thing. So, Bauer, DeGrom, and Perez are Robbie's picks for this weekend in the DFS. Mike, do you want to jump in with any pitchers or hitters that you like for either today, Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, or the next day, Sunday?
1: Yeah, definitely, and let me just uh, say something quick about Bauer because now that we have the chance with Robbie here, before the season, if you told me that Bauer's changeup would be this effective, I would have projected him to have a sub-2 ERA like all the way through. I want to know from your perspective, because I never pitched in the minors, I never pitched in (laughs) high school, why is he struggling so much with his fastball against left-handed hitters? Because when you look at the zone profile, if it's not left over the plate, it's either up away or low and in. And I don't know, you're a pitcher, so what are your thoughts on all that? I, I don't know if the the location is what's struggling here or what's the problem here or something else. Lefties are hitting 343 against his four seam fastball.
3: Yeah, well, he's even publicly stated in, in the past, like his four seam fastball is his worst pitch. And I think it's, it's everybody funny on
1: the Indians, the whole Indian staff, the, all their fastballs are, are their worst pitch. Can we just credit Carlos Carrasco with a complete game shutout on Friday? <laughs> awesome! <laughs> no, I love that. I
3: love baseball. I just, I just sent a tweet out. But no, I mean with with the Bauer, right? It's uh, it's always kind of been about uh, obviously pitch location, man, and and where the stuff's going. Obviously, like for any pitcher, right? Yeah. But with him, especially this year, I think I have him in front of me, man. It's like uh, he's given up way more hard hit, forty two point seven percent hard hit. Compared to 2018, it was 35. And then you look at the barrel, man, and the barrel percentage uh, last year in his really good Cy Young candidate year was 4.4%. Now it's all the way up to 11.3%. For me, looking at that from a like a pitching guy, because I've dealt with this in the past too, is where you get so gung-ho about particular new pitches. For him, he's always been a guy that's thrown, you know, four, five, six pitches in his career. When I when I uh, met him, we were both in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization, and he, he had like eight at the time. And oh, I was like, that's right. I, Give us a yeah. Trevor
1: Bauer story.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's that's off air. But, uh, <laughs> but it was funny because I've always been a guy too that had like five, six pitches, and I remember like sitting next to him at a banquet or something when we were just talking about like, what you have that, but, but no, I mean, uh, for him, I think, uh, to kind of dive deeper into that dude and and maybe I'll answer the question that you had or not. But, uh, for him, it's obviously the, the evolution of that change up maybe potentially is taking away from the success that he had with the slider last year. So you look at the slider right. last year, hitters were hitting a, 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 literally a C-note. They were hitting mm-hmm. 100 off of a slider in 2018. It's all the way up to 235 now in 2019. There's multiple layers to that. But, um, but sometimes, man, as a, as a pitcher – you just, uh, you just got to learn how to sequence the stuff that you have at that point in time. So for him, obviously with the evolution of his changeup and he made it a point in spring training to throw it as much as he could. Now it's just about, okay, I have all these weapons. How can I best sequence those for the, for, to maximize my results? Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's one of those things kind of the same with Chris Sale, right? Is like. He's going to be a guy that is going to constantly evolve I think throughout the season just because of his, his preparation and now that he 's got all of these tools in the toolbox it's like, okay, how can I best sequence those? It kind of speaks to his curveball too. I know his curveball's always been his best pitch um, but as far as like the the percentages, I know he 's throwing it way less this year than he did last year, and hitters are I think hitters even this year are hitting like um, let me see I, I got it, I got it somewhere. But hitters this year are hitting a buck sixty off his curveball, but he's only throwing it fifteen point one percent of the time. Whereas last year he was throwing it 267 percent of the time. Obviously now he's got the inclusion of the changeup and the slider. So again, it goes back to the original thought of you just got to find the best uh, best sequences for himself. Obviously you mentioned lefties. Now that he's got that slider, like he's mentioned that he wanted a pitch fading away at a slower speed to manipulate the two seam and that axis. It's just about you know, maximizing those results based on how can I best sequence those for the best results. So
1: what about uh, you as, as a, being a pitcher yourself and still trying to make the show and everything, as far as location of your four seam against, right, against lefties, are you trying to elevate? Is that your primary goal? Uh, for me, no, actually, because I'm a low
3: spinning guy, <laughs> which I didn't find out later in my career, obviously, with the ev- evolution of data analytics and stat cast and all that stuff. Um, I was all, I was always kind of a hard thrower too. So I'm sitting there ahead in the count and I'm trying to throw four seamers up and people are getting barrels to it. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here, man? Like, that's a 97 mile an hour heater. You shouldn't get a barrel on that. But then I learned later in my career, like I have the one uh, in 2018, I think I had like one of the lowest spinning four seam fastballs I mm. like, 1800 RPMs, which is crazy for a four seam, uh, of like minor league baseball. And, yeah. uh, so then it's kind of just like, okay, understand. And this is why I geek out about data analytics, man, because it gives the, 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 the athlete like a complete picture, right? It paints the whole picture of how to actually, um, you know, portray your stuff right now. It's, there's no guessing involved. And I know yeah. Bowers, and I think that's going to be, and it is a reason why he's, just continuing to climb up because he completely understands that and he understands like, okay, these are the types of things that I do well, and and this is what the data shows, so therefore I should do this and I should sequence it like this. But uh, but yeah, for me, dude, it was just about, you know, earlier in my career, it was kind of like, obviously I was drafted at 18, so it was, here you go, I don't know what I'm doing, like kind of <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then as I, as I evolved and then the evolution of the data analytics, it was kind of like, okay, maybe instead of throwing four seams, I switched to a two seam and uh, get more movement on my ball, kind of go uh, more down in the zone and obviously in and out and then play off a cutter with that, get that like X factor you talk about with, uh, you know, sinker slider guys. But uh, but yeah, obviously there's there's a ton of different layers to that, and we can probably talk all night about it. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Bauer progresses because, like I said, I'm 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 curious to see if the uh, the hard hit percentage will kind of stay the same or is it going to go down because he is a guy that relies heavily on strikeouts and missing bats in general. So then he kind of gets put into a whole different category uh, as far as how to grade certain guys because. You know, again, you kind of, when looking at guys like that, you go, okay, does he miss bats or does he miss barrels? What's the weak contact look like? Is he getting ground balls? I know in Bowers last outing, his ground ball fly ball was like two to seven. And you kind of want that a little bit, uh, you know, more even. So
2: there's so a lot just, of guys
1: in our our industry in the fantasy baseball industry depending on Trevor Bauer to uh,
2: to turn yeah, things around. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a great a, pick. Mike and I are uh, are two of them. We are talking with the bearded scientist, the host of the Robbie Road show on Instagram. <laughs> Robbie Rowland breaking down so much great content here for pitchers. Mike, I've got a question for you. With all this information that Robbie is giving us and our listeners, things like, well, you know, Bauer likes to throw his curveball or so-and-so, Perez, you know, has this cutter. Which sites do you use to see how teams hit a particular pitch that you now know a pitcher likes to use. Is there any type of resource out there for people to, to find out how do the A's fare against the, the curveball or how do the twins fare against the cutter? I'm making it up. What what do you got?
1: Let me, <laughs> let me tell you something about Matt, Robbie. Before he, was a, before he was a famous WWE wrestler, he was a teacher in Queens, New York, a soul studies teacher, right, Matt?
2: Yeah, where are you going with this, Mike?
1: I'm just letting Robbie into the into the know here that yeah, you love to take teach. the full picture. You love to teach, and this is one of your teaching moments right here that you want me to tell the tell the listeners out there at sites to go on. Baseball Savant, Brooks Baseball, Fangraphs are really my top three, and you could just—it's like a unlimited amount of knowledge you could get from those websites. I don't know. You got anything else, Robbie, or you, dude, I, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I,
3: I like,
0: dude, keep, it whole, short, Robbie, keep, keep it short, Robbie. Keep it
3: short. My whole bookmarks right now is just filled with like all that stuff because you go to one site and you're like, okay, maybe this doesn't have it, but then I'll go to check another one. And then maybe that has it. And then you get into graphs and then you get X, Y, Z and all this stuff. And next thing you know, it's eight hours later and you've got a full pot of coffee. and. That's <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's what
3: I got I'd piggyback off those same sites honestly yeah
1: the stack and baseball savant is is really unmatched at this point and then all the information is there for you a day or two later on fangraphs and brooks baseball sometimes there is discrepancies between fangraphs and brooks baseball yeah there is yes. 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 like a lot more than I yeah. thought there would be it's tough too because like
3: looking at pitchers is like they'll put different categories like for yes. bauer they mm-hmm. uh I know baseball savant they put his slider sometimes in the cutter category yeah it's just a harder slider maybe a different axis but like I can't get great, uh, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I can't complain too much because I think those things are so freaking cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. But between those three sites, I can't think of any better. I don't know about you, Matt.
2: Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm in on all those. And the thing for me and the thing for this show is we want people to be able to apply math to winning money and that's what the daily fantasy thing is all about for me for instance uh today friday there's a few guys that i'm targeting i like moustakis against quintana he's had six extra base hits in his career against him and i just i like that series in and of itself for the entire weekend uh, moving on, I'm going to be stacking Cardinals because guys like Carp and DeJong, I they, they hit Williams well, and uh, as far as a pitcher for, for today, I like Verlander against Texas. Uh, I just think that anytime Verlander goes out there, you, you're going to spend for him, but you, you definitely can help yourself to win a little DFS money. Today, at least, I like a Cardinal stack. I like Moose. I like Verlander. Looking at tomorrow... I like Encarnacion against Porcello. Eddie's uh, hitting 302 with eight extra base hits against him. And then I'm keeping with this Brewers and Cubs series. Chris Bryant is hot. He's on a torrid pace. He's facing Zach Davis. He's hitting 368 against him. On the flip, I like Ryan Braun against Cole Hamels. No shade to Cole Hamels, but he's not the same Cole Hamels that he that he once was. And in a pitching matchup, I like Marcus Stroman against the White Sox. That's for, for tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, Mike, we have not heard from you. What are you doing on Saturday in DFS?
1: Yeah, I'll get to that in one sec. I don't know if you saw uh, oh, the, the Yankee-Mariner game. Edwin Encarnacion was playing second base for the first time in his career, dived for a liner, and hurt his left wrist. So if he's in the lineup, he's obviously going to oh. be a good play. But that's something Thank to you. keep an eye on. Um, Saturday, you mentioned Chris Bryant, who I had down here. Uh, he's on fire, four homers, nine RBIs in his last five games. And I know Zach Davies is doing well, but it seems like too, too juicy of a matchup to turn down. Zach Davies is throwing an 88-mile-per-hour sinker 64% of the time. Brian's hitting 412 against sinkers this year, 342 for his career.
2: He's now, also- where did you get that information? <laughs> Do you know that? No, seriously, because someone out there is listening going, how does he know this?
1: Fangraphs gave me all that information. You there go to you go. Zach Davies, you find out his pitch usage. You go to Chris Bryant, click splits, click sinker, find out how he's doing against the sinker. It all, it all gets very simple when you get used to it, but I guess for somebody who hasn't, who isn't used to it, it gets a little harder. You go on Baseball Savant, and you can see in the top right corner there's a, um, a sliding bar that shows you their xwoba, woba slugging percentage. Chris Bryan is in the 91st percentile on X-WOBA this season, 87th percentile on X-Slug. So his peripherals are there. Honorable, honorable mention to Paul Goldschmidt, 10 for 20, with three extra base hits against Jordan Lyles. That's for Saturday. For Sunday, I went with Nelson Cruz against Daniel Norris. He's 5 for 10 with two extra base hits and three walks against Norris. And it's weird because it seems like Nelson Cruz doesn't age. He's in the <laughs> 93rd percentile on hard hit percentage, 98th percentile on exit velo. He has seven homers on the season. And historically, he's been better against lefties than righties. Norris has been okay. He has a 3.80 ERA this year in 28 innings. He's primarily four-seam and slider. And 50% of the time, throwing a four-seam with an average VLO of 91, I think Nelson Cruz will be able to to make some hard contact. And possibly Homer in that game, honorable mention to Alex Bregman against Adrian Sampson of Texas.
0: Right, My so roommates. The,
2: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> Sampson and I were roommates back in 13, yeah.
2: <laughs> So give him a call and tell him that Mike has going to bet against him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Kinda, yeah. Even the
2: initiative to just blow out Mike's entire DFS lineup, please. say he might
1: be your boy, Robbie, but maybe he should talk to you a little bit about pitching. No shade, but <laughs> you got all these data analytics for him. Oh, geez. Shade taken. <laughs> and
2: then uh, moving on to Sunday, Mother's Day. And of course, we all know that, we'll all be spending time with our, you know, God willing, our mothers if they're still here or our girlfriends or whatever. Of course, none of us will be sneaking away to watch baseball, wink, wink. But if we are and we put in a little DFS stack, again, I like this Cubs and Brewers series, I think it's just, it's chock full of offense. I like Anthony Rizzo against Julius Chassin. Rizzo hits him well. I think he's hitting about 318 or 320. I'm sticking with Ryan Braun. He's hitting 400 against John Lester. And the pitcher that I'm going with on Sunday is Steven Strasburg. Uh, any thoughts from Robbie on Strasburg?
3: Who's he facing? I saw that matchup. He's facing actually, um, do, you know, do you have it in front of you?
2: I will in a second.
3: I yeah, because I looked at that, but then I was like, I was hesitant to to pick that one because he was actually facing someone that I I like, and I like all pitchers, um, but this one especially he's facing
1: the Dodgers on Sunday was oh, it Ryu? Yeah. yeah, Ryu.
3: Yeah, well, Ryu's got a sub like two one this year. Yeah,
1: he's so doing very well. I don't again
3: like going back to the not me uh, knowing like how fantasy points and all that work, but I don't know how like much a win. You is. You love compared- fantasy baseball. You really would. I no, I mean that's why I probably don't do it because it might be dangerous.
2: As if you need something else to take up any more of the last few brain cells that you have left for anything outside of me. Oh. What are brain
3: cells at this point, I man? They're no just genetically enhanced by data.
2: Mike, what do you like? Did you give Sunday already? I, my brain cells are fried from other things.
1: Yes, I did give Sunday. I gave Nelson Cruz. Do you have any more Which plays right? for the weekend Matt, or no?
2: No, that's it. I I ran down my plays for the DFS weekend. Robbie gave us some great insight into pitchers that had a good week that might be valuable, pitchers that didn't pitch so well but you shouldn't be so concerned about, as well as breaking down his weekend pitchers of DeGrom, Bauer, and Martin Perez. Uh, Guys, I think that we stuffed 10 pounds of candy into a 5-pound bag tonight, but I think it's a lot of really good stuff. Mike, what do you got? I just want to while we
1: have Robbie here on the air you interviewed Tyler Glass now before that's the season guy. started that's your guy uh, did you ever in a million years think he would have a 1.47 ERA right now i thought he would have a sub 1 <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, if again, I have to plug it, man. I I, I gotta plug it, but uh, hopefully we can include the link in the in the description. But how do you guys a, know each other? Did a full breakdown on Glass. Uh, we played together in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. Okay, okay. Um, uh, in 2014, we we're on the same team, High A. And, uh, you look at, dude, it's funny, man, because like, obviously a lot of, I think, and no, no shade, but like a lot of fantasy people, like will look at just major league statistics. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you look at a guy like glass now and, and you're like, okay, he hasn't really performed whatever, move on. You look at that dude's minor league numbers and it's freaking video game. Like I know. And and the guy, the guy is just unreal. You look at his like pitch profiles and all that again, like go to that breakdown that I did on him. But, uh, it, it's, uh, it's really impressive perceived velocity around 99 100 miles an hour because of extension furthest extension uh in the game of baseball with a vertical movement of his fastball uh, top top three or top four i think but uh Mm -hmm. He's, he's impressive. And now that you, you look at his walk percentage, it's like four or five. He's in the top of the league with, with with his walk percentage, which has always been kind of that underlying issue with a guy like Tyler Glass now. But now that he's got to that point where he's comfortable and uh, he's with an organization, again, change of scenery, but going back to like being a player and understanding that aspect, change of scenery always helps. Um, going to an organization that maybe has some different tactics, different tools uh, to to allow him to to really just maximize what he's capable of doing. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, good question. I like that. That,
1: that. that was a really good interview. When I, uh, I remember listening to it before I even contacted you to do this whole thing. I remember listening to that cause it was somebody put it in a fantasy group chat. I'm like, who's Robbie Rowland? And how did he get Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Glass now on his show? Did you watch the YouTube, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. YouTube one? Yeah, that was good, that was good. Yeah, he's funny, too, man. He's a clown. And it's funny, too. I just saw a quote uh, that he had, like, pitching ninja on on Twitter, like, kind of made it into his little JPEG-type thing. And it was, like, Glass now talking about how he's identified that he has to go out there and pitch like he's pissed off and pitch angry, you know, and pitch fired up, where a lot of guys do. And uh, just knowing the kid and knowing, like, how goofy the dude is and just how much of a clown he is, it's just, it's funny, you know. That's great. Yeah, no doubt.
2: So, Robbie, uh, if the kids out there are loving this content, where can they find more of you?
3: Oh man, where the question is, where can't you find me? And that's uh, <laughs> I'm on the side of subway train. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, the uh, Instagram's my biggest platform. Robbie Row one B Y R O W one two. On the Instagram, you'll see the the link in my bio, and that really will take you to all the kind of links and the content that I'm creating. Uh, got a YouTube, Robbie Rowland. My website therobbierowshow.com, where I'm breaking down. I'm diving all into all these like baseball geeky data analytics stuff that some people think is intriguing, and they want to dive into it, um, which is great. Uh, on that website, I'll have like my podcast. You can also find my podcast, The Robbie Roe Show, on iTunes, um, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all those types of things. Just type in The Robbie Roe Show. Um, and then I just got a TikTok, which is cool i don't know it's millennials use it so i thought i needed to jump
1: on board but no no i'm just don't say the word millennials around matt you can find me at mike the rotocop on twitter Uh, i do the dfs once a week for pitcherlist.com obviously the show at fantasy baseball hour on fantasy sports radio fntsy radio and a little bit of writing at com. please guys go out subscribe to the podcast uh, like it, do whatever, comment, do it, rate it, five-star, four-star. I don't even care. Just rate it. Do whatever you have to do so we can uh, we can get some feedback from you guys.
2: All right. Now, Robbie, listen, man, the next time we have you on, you just – you can't be so shy. You got to come out of your – you talk, talk more. I've gotten that my whole
3: life, man. Like, <laughs> my teachers would kick me out of class, and they'd be like, hey, you're too shy, you don't talk enough, get out of my class. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> go to the room.
2: We've had a, a great show. Go with Robbie Rowe. Not because it rhymes. My name is Matt Striker. You can find me at Matt underscore Striker underscore on Instagram real Matt Striker. You can hear me on Rotowire talking hockey. You can read me on Razzball and you can listen to Mike and I each and every time right here on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. A big thanks to our friends over at the Fantasy Sports Network. Alright folks, good luck. Be safe. Have fun. We'll see you out there. Hey friends, Matt Stryker here. I want to talk to you about my buddies over at Birdman Bats. Remember when Yaziel Puig hit five home runs in a 24-hour span? Well, he did it with a Birdman bat. My good buddy Gary Malik and former Major Leaguer Lars Anderson, along with a crew of great guys, have created an alternative product that Major Leaguers, Minor Leaguers, and ballplayers all around the globe are raving about they love the way this bat feels in their hands they love the mentality and the mindset that the bat puts them in as they head up to the plate so go check them out they're all over social media check them out at birdmanbats.com they've got some great gear as well and make sure to let them know Matt Striker sent you